welcome back to my little podcast thing, or welcome if you haven't tuned in before to my past two episodes about STIs and stuff. For this interview, we're going to be talking to Charlotte, who is a part of the PIC, which stands for the Prostitution Information Center, which is located in the heart of the Red Light District in Amsterdam, one of my favorite cities, if not my favorite city. So this episode is going to be packed with a lot of information. We're going to be talking about the PIC itself and what it does as an organization. As well, we're going to be talking about the Red Light District and different things like the Dutch law when it comes to sex work versus the Nordic model, which is a stance that many countries take uh, when it comes to sex work. As well, we're going to be talking a little bit about the New Zealand laws, which are very interesting and I think they're amazing. And maybe you'll find out why. Other than that, we're going to be talking about the shame and stigma that sex workers face and the things that we could do to lessen that shame and stigma and how we can make it more safe for sex workers to maneuver and to do their jobs. So without further hesitation, let's get into it and I hope you enjoy it. Well, the PRC stands for the Prostitution Information Center. And that's just what we do. We give information about prostitution and sex work. I've been given to understand that in the English language, the word prostitution has a negative connotation, but that is not the fact in the Dutch language. It's quite a normal word. It's in the newspapers and everything. And um, that's why we, we keep the name Prostitution Information Center. And what we do is we give information. Yes, it's located in the middle of the red light district. So anyone who has any questions about prostitution, window prostitution, the red light districts, or anything else can come in and ask their questions. Um, the, the, the team currently working in the in the PIC and most of us are also sex workers including me so that means that we know what we're talking about mm-hmm. and we can give the right information and a, a problem with sex work in general Netherlands and tend to believe that it is always um, the girls are forced and the girls are not doing it voluntarily, and the girls are victims of human traffickers or uh, bad boyfriends or whatever, and they are not doing it voluntarily. But that's just not the case. And that's one of the misconceptions that PIC is very eager, eager to raise. You know, it's it's... It's that's that's not a fact. Uh, yeah, I know even like a lot of feminists who are like anti-sex work and stuff like that. And it's just really is good to know that you guys are coming from a, a place of knowledge, um, live experience, and as well like just de- debunking all of those um, important things. Because um, a lot of people, yeah, they conflate the two, you know, trafficking and and sex work. Yes. Yeah, the newspapers, media, TV give a lot of attention to the, the bad things that's going on in the sex work industry. And we are not, we acknowledge those things happens. There is human trafficking, there is forced prostitution, but those things are crimes. Mm-hmm. And most of the women and men, 
you never hear anything about the men, but there are a lot of male sex workers. Most of the people who decided to do sex workers do so because of it's the best way to make a lot of money in a short time or for whatever reason, it's their own decision. And again, some people are forced to do sex work, but that's a crime. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, unfortunately, uh, any information in, in newspapers or, or whatever is is uh, concentrated on the things that, the bad things that's going on. And even when it's an, a sort of a neutral article, mm-hmm. they will write about vulnerable women that are being put behind the windows, which is not the case because the women in the windows in the red light districts in Amsterdam are independent entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and they hire uh, a working room. They are not put there by anyone else. So they rent out the rooms themselves, right? They rent out the rooms themselves. They are registered by the Chamber of Commerce Mm -hmm. and they are all independent entrepreneurs and they decide what clients they let in and how much they charge them yeah, or what they want to do or what their limits are basically right um they could always decline somebody if they want something in particular that is not okay you know exactly yeah great that you brought that up already because i remember when i was living in amsterdam i was looking at like how to become a legal sex worker and i was just wondering like are there any limitations as to like who can uh become worker there because i was looking at the chamber of commerce and it was saying like you have to be european or you have to have european nationality so i was just wondering if you if you could tell me a little bit more about that if you want to work in the red light district and you want to rent a window and of course that also means the behind the window you need to be 21 years old you need to be registered at the chamber of commerce you need to be from an eu country or if not, you need to have a working visa. That's all. And then you can rent a window. You you will have to have an interview with a window renting company owner. Mm. A one-to-one interview. And they will ask you things like, have you done sex work before? Are you really sure you want to be, become a sex worker? Uh, don't you have a boyfriend that takes away your money, etc., etc.? But there's also body language, and if they think something's rotten or they don't trust it, they just won't rent you a room. Oh wow, that's good. So they have like some sort of like screening process, I guess. Um, if you if like that's the way it sounds, um, that's pretty good. The thing is, working in the red light district in Amsterdam is or other places is um, the most independent and safest way you can work because um, the windows and the doors cannot be opened from the outside. Oh, okay. There is, the, the glass is extra strong and there's an alarm system in the window area, but also in the rooms. So you can push the button. Yeah. And last but not least, the area is packed with cameras. There's a lot of police cameras and almost all companies, no, not almost, all companies have their own camera security system. Not inside the rooms, but outside. So anyone who goes in will be on camera. So, and you decide, when you rent a room and you pay the rent, it's your shop for the day. So you decide... 
which clients you allow in and which clients you do not allow in. Okay, so it's up to the individual worker at the time um, and what they're comfortable with, of course, right? Because I was just wondering as well. They're not, they're, it's, it's just the window rented company is a company. They, they have rooms and their job is to clean the rooms and that's it. You pay the rent and then the room is yours. Oh, wow. For the duration of yeah it's not like you have to give the, the room renting company a percentage of your earnings okay so you just rent it out and then like no no commission they don't make anything like that that's pretty good job. yeah and what would in that case if something happened like um are there, is there like security around that would assist workers if, if you ever get harassed or anything like that yes like i mentioned already mentioned there's the the panic the the panic button, what they call it, in the rooms and the window area. You press the cutting and then the window manager from the company will be with you within minutes and they will assist you. And usually when they have to call for assistance, it, it is because clients do not want to leave. Yeah. Clients who have had too much to drink or smoke or taken pills um, have not been able to perform and they will always blame the women and they will say you didn't do your job good i want my money back well that's not going to happen so if they don't want to leave on their own she will summon the window manager and they are always very polite they will say sir if you don't want to leave i will have to call the police usually that's enough but if they don't want to leave the manager will call the police okay, that's and the police will arrest the client and not the sex worker and that's a big difference. That's one of the reasons why almost all the girls working in, in, in the main red light district in Amsterdam mm -hmm. are from other countries. Because in Amsterdam and in the Netherlands, it's legal. Mm -hmm. They cannot arrest you for being a sex worker. And which brings me to something else I was going to ask. Um, is are there any ways that you think the Netherlands could improve on their laws like if you were to compare them to other countries because um, I heard that New Zealand is actually pretty good as well uh, they have a different system of course and then I live in Canada we have the Nordic models so that's not good at all but um, yeah I was just wondering your thoughts on that um, well about two weeks ago um there was a debate in the parliament because a group of civilians and that was a group of Christian youth uh, petitions to also implement the Nordic model in the Netherlands. The same thing you have in Canada. And the Nordic model that means selling sex is okay, buying sex is crime. Mm -hmm. I have never been able to explain that to visitors in our PIC. They say, what is that? that our parliament luckily dismissed the proposal. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Another new law proposal upcoming that says we need to fight human trafficking and we need to fight girls, women being exploited, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. And that's a very rigid law that um, um, wants all sex workers registered in a national database mm -hmm. you need to have a license you have to apply for a license with a conversation to an a, a person from the government mm -hmm. and they have to decide whether you are um capable or independent enough to be a sex worker 
uh, no criteria have been written. I have to uh, add that. If you are caught working without a license, the fine will be uh, over 20,000 euros. Wow. That's, That's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So, prostitution is legal. Sex work is legal. We prefer the term sex work mm. because it's an including term. Um, porn actors, webcam performers, strippers, etc. Don't have physical contact with their clients, but they are sex workers. So that's why they, we use the term sex workers. Um, sex work is legal in the Netherlands. We pay tax. We pay a lot of tax. The VAT is 21%. Income tax is above of that. So together, that can be almost 40% of your income goes to the tax. Well, that's all right. We don't mind paying tax. But in return, we would like to have the same rights as everyone else and not have additional rules and regulations, you know, bringing us down and making it impossible or very, very, very difficult for us to work. Mm. So that's why we support a New Zealand model in New Zealand and I believe also in New South Wales in Australia, oh. they have completely criminalized sex work. Oh. And that's the best thing you can have. Yeah, I have, I've heard a lot of stories about New Zealand, like even if you're doing sex therapy and stuff, like it's way different because of their laws. Like, like you could do things there that you wouldn't be able to do in Canada or somewhere else. Um, so it's just a very interesting difference. Um, I know, yeah, I just wanted to know more about the two, because I know they're very two different ways of going about it um, with the Netherlands and New Zealand. The thing is, um, they call sex work the oldest profession in the world, and that's because of a reason. Even in countries where it's illegal, let me tell you a secret, it still does exist. It still does exist, even if it's illegal. So... Even in countries where sex work is illegal, it still does exist. But sex workers working in Amsterdam have told us that from the countries they were and in some countries, countries where they sex work is illegal. And in those countries, the worst thing you have to fear are the police. Because they will arrest you for being a sex worker and you don't have any rights whatsoever so it's very common to be raped by the police or to be blackmailed by the police or that they will say we will not fine you but we want free sex in exchange you know things things like that because you don't have any rights and that's one of the reasons why girls choose to go to europe to amsterdam Netherlands to do sex work because it's legal so that's even that little fact proves that the more illegal and the more rules and regulations and restrictions you provide the more difficult it will be for sex workers because if you suppress it it will go underground and then nobody will know what's going on anymore so we advocate the New Zealand model, completely uh, decriminalize it. Mm -hmm. For example, in the Netherlands, sex work is legal. It's a national law. But every city can provide additional rules and regulations, uh, whatever they want to. For example, in Amsterdam, it's not legal 
um, to do sex work in your own home. Oh, okay. You need a license for that. Oh, okay. But if you apply for a license, they will not give you one because the city does not give out license for sex industry anymore. So, what happens if you do your sex work at home? Um, the client stands for and it turns out to be the police. Of course, oh. they do check up and they present themselves as clients. And they will arrest you because you don't have a license. They will fine you. Also a lot of money. <laughs> of course. Oh. But that's, that's okay. You don't have a license. You work at home. They fine you. But there's something else. I heard a story about one of my colleagues mm. who works from her home. She does escort work. But she also works from her home. And one day, um, a young guy came to see her. But he had been taking drugs. And he reacted badly to, to the drugs. He became weird and weird and weird and very, very violent towards her. And she said, I was actually afraid. I was frightened. And somebody else said, why didn't you call the police? Well, you can't call the police. Because... They will say, ma'am, where is your license? And you don't have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The more regulations and laws and restrictions you put on, the more dangerous for women it's going to get. And the most regulations like registration uh, are motivated by saying, we need to fight human trafficking. And pains me to say it. The most of the groups and people that advocate for regulation, registration, etc., etc., are people with a Christian background. So that means it's not just, it's not that they want to do what's best for the sex workers, but it's morality. And they think no woman would ever be a sex worker out of her own free will, because that's just impossible, because it's in the Bible. Um, and that's a point, you know, that's yeah. just not true. If that were true, I know a lot of people who do not exist. And it's funny how that uh, kind of influences people who are not even Christian. Like a lot of people carry those beliefs. Um, yeah, like I said, I even know feminists who like are totally against sex work they just don't understand, um, you know, why would you risk yourself and do this and that? It's, it's the problem that people, people don't see it as work. You could have a job, a regular job, let's just say, quote unquote, a regular job and just be subjected so, to so many bad things, you know? It's just that sex work isn't seen as work and that's why people have all these notions about it. Point is that it's sex work. We say sex work is work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a job, and it's it's what you do to make money, yeah. um, but it involves sex and bodily contact. But it is completely not the same as having sex in an intimate relationship with your partner. Yeah. It's work. So, and I use my body for that. So what? Exactly. Yeah. If that's my own free choice, what, what what's the problem? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, um, oh, yeah, and I was going to go back to the point you were talking about. Um, you can't rent, uh, do it in your own house in Amsterdam, but are there other places in the Netherlands where you can? Oh, yes, because every city is free to... Uh, describe their own additional rules. Uh, in Amsterdam it's not allowed, but in The Hague it is allowed. Okay. That also makes it very confusing. If you have been working in The Hague and you move to Amsterdam and you don't know about the rules, it's very easy to break the law, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. Unintentionally. And Utrecht, all the cities have their own additional rules. 
sex work is legal, but for example, in Amsterdam, you have to be 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the same in, in, in the rest of the country. Normally, uh, when you are considered an adult, that is at the age of 18, you can get married, you can get a driver's license, you are uh, allowed to vote, etc. But if you want to be a sex worker in Amsterdam, you have to be 21. And that's a rule uh, implemented by the city. Oh, okay. So it's not the same in the whole country? No, 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 no. The only thing that's the same at all is it's legal. Oh, okay. Oh. But you can say, oh, you need to be 21. You can't work from your home. Uh, you can't work from your... from your blah, 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 blah. You can only work if you work in the areas designated to sex work, etc. And that's different in every city, yes. I went to Antwerp, uh, and I didn't know they had a red light district there, but I kind of wandered in, and I was just noticing how very different it is there. Oh, like, it's obviously less touristy there and uh, all that stuff. I don't, I'm not completely sure about Belgium, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but I know in Germany it is legal, but you need to carry with you, um, you need to be registered. And you need to carry a card with you that has your name, your real name, phone number and your occupation on it. So that's a big invasion on your privacy. Because even in the Netherlands, uh, there is a stigma on sex work. I mean, I'm a Dutch woman. I'm white. I'm highly educated. I have a bachelor. Uh, I became a sex worker out of my own free will, etc., etc. But even then, I do not want my neighbor to know, you know, about what kind of work I do. That's a privacy thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You should have the right to, you know, choose who, who knows. And, and it's also, also the safety thing as well, um, if people don't really... Exactly, yeah. Yeah. If you, the, all the sex workers that are registered at the Chamber of Commerce are not registered as sex workers. They're registered as uh, dancers, actors, lecturers, or working in personal care, oh. anything but a sex worker, because those uh, registers are public. Anyone can type in your name and see what kind of business you have. Oh, okay. And That's... you don't want that. Oh. You don't want maybe your family to know. Yeah. I always joke with people and say, like, what if I want to be, I want to be prime minister one day, you know, like, I wouldn't want people knowing. (laughs) That's my little joke. It's a little bad, but (laughs) that's exactly it. Um, It's safety. And it's just knowing that, you know, your life is going to get screwed over because people don't accept it, you know. People don't accept it and people don't. I mean, I'm I'm quite all right if people choose to read a book Mm -hmm. that's written 2,000 years ago and accept it as true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course, if you don't want, that's so fine. But if they, based on that book, tell me that what I'm doing is wrong, I don't, I don't accept that. I don't like that, you know. And uh, that's the big thing. Uh, the big thing is morality, and that's you can have a discussion about anything. But if you have the discussion about sex work, um, one ingredient is morality, and that's what sort of um, contaminating it. Mm-hmm. You can't have a good discussion with people who say sex work is not good. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. People shouldn't do that. What are you to say? 
exactly. Uh, Unfortunately, those people are in the government currently in the Netherlands. Yeah, a lot of places too. Like they separated from the state, but our politics are very tied to religion, and they still are. The, so the the problem is when you have conversations with the city council, government people, etc., etc. I can tell them my point of view. Uh, I started sex work when I was in my 40s. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't a vulnerable, uh, gullible young girl that was pushed into something she didn't understand. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're fully... I have a bachelor degree. I choose to do what I do. And then people will tell you, oh yes, but you're a minority. And the problem is they will not take you seriously as a, a, an, an equal partner in the discussion. They will either say, oh yes, but you're a happy hooker, you're a minority, and we represent the vulnerable people. Mm -hmm. You could say, how many is that? Is there a percentage? Well, they don't know. They say, well, we know what we see is that a lot of women are forced. And we know in the red light district, almost all the women are victims of pimps. But that's not true. Yeah. I'm wondering if they would have like statistics or, you know, how would they... Well, there are statistics and there is research being done by scientists, professors. Okay. Okay. So it's been done on a professional base, scientific base, with data that are able, that you can uh, check, mm -hmm. you know. And those uh, research says it's, again, an estimation, but it's an estimation based on scientific research. Mm -hmm. And they say... You know, human trafficking does exist, forced prostitution does exist, but the percentage of women and men that are forced to do this work is 10, maybe 15%. Mm -hmm. In the Netherlands. In the Netherlands. And again, that is 15% too much. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, you know, we agree with that. But, like uh, so, but it also means 85% of the sex workers are doing their work voluntarily. Yeah. So it's, it's two different things. Okay. There's also a thing that people with disabilities, mental or physical, are often um, dependent on professional sex workers if they want to have an intimate relationship. Oh. Because it's difficult for them to get to have a relationship. So they hire a professional, and there are several uh, agencies specialized in doing that kind of work. So I heard a radio interview about a few weeks ago, and one of the guys, a guy in a wheelchair, he said, I frequently invite one of those ladies, and those ladies do it voluntarily, with pleasure and with love. Oh, wow. Yeah. But the, the, the partner was... Uh, a member of parliament from the Christian parties and she literally answered she said I don't know about that but I do know many women are being forced into prostitution you know what I mean yeah. they just don't listen yeah they just you know same kind of uh, same kind of things that they're saying all the time um, it's yeah because I remember when I was moving to the Netherlands everybody would warn me that was on the right like trafficking was on the rise there and I was always just I didn't really believe it. Of course, it exists and it's a problem everywhere. Um, but yeah, I just I just remember how many times like people would scare me. Yeah. So <clears throat> I am 
not very optimistic about the future uh, right now. Corona has been a big uh, uh, blow to the business. Many private houses had to close because they didn't have the income anymore. Many sex workers have gone back to their countries of origin. Some are not able to come back yet. Yeah. And some choose not to come back because they're afraid. What's going to happen next? Am I? Will I be able to work? Will I be able to make some money? And that also means that the room renting companies, um, instead of having 10 women regularly renting rooms, they only have four or five. Mm -hmm. It's a big thing. So as of right now, are people back? Is it, is it, it's probably not as crowded as it used to be, um, as I remember it used to be. Um, but is it, are there's windows open? Are there people working right now? There are people working right now. But the thing is, tourism is not quite up to the level that it used to be. Oh, yeah. And recently, um, we have been labeled dangerous zone by uh, Germany and Belgium. We, we had a lot of German tourists last weeks, but they will not be coming anymore. Americans are not allowed to come to Europe anymore, and they are dearly missed. They are good clients. The red light district is still sort of working, but not quite as, as, as busy as it used to be. Yeah. And, and you kind of brought up, um, I was going to bring up tour tourism as well, because um, I know there's a lot of rowdy, crazy people on the streets and they don't necessarily yeah. do anything besides, you know, harass workers and get yeah. drunk and stuff. Um, I was just, yeah, and, and it was interesting that you said that um, it's actually essential. I was, I was reading about um, how the Netherlands, they want to like drive away the tourism from the Raleigh district, like and kind of like make it sp more spread out throughout the country. Yeah, I was wondering if that if the tourism is like, what are the bad things and the good things about tourism in the red light district? The good thing about tourism is that the tourist spends a lot of money. And the red light district, cafes, restaurants, bars, that depend on tourism. Mm -hmm. um, some groups of tourists, not tourism as a whole, but some groups um misbehave uh, drink too much shout and scream all night through uh, pee and puke everywhere and um that's a nuisance yeah. you know but that's not every tourist yeah, for sure, yeah but on the other hand i understand the people who live there annoyed by that. i understand that who would want that in front of their door not really nobody <laughs> it's usually the bachelor parties yeah. and the Brits, <laughs> yeah, I love the Brits. I'm, I'm absolute Anglophile. They have a reputation, and well, they have earned it. Let's, let's say that. But let's forget from the Dutch countryside because they can be even worse. Oh wow! Misbehaving, being disrespectful to the ladies, mm. being drunk, etc., etc. So. The thing, the problem we have in the red light district with the tourists is a behavioral thing. People misbehave. Certain groups of people misbehave. Um, if you were to speak to them and say, hey, that's not allowed, I'm going to find you. Maybe that will be the solution. But the police are understaffed. Maybe I should not say this uh, because that would um, 
encourage people to go, oh, well, there's not enough police, so we can go there and do whatever we like. Um, but that's that sort of thing that, that, that it turns out to be. It would make more sense to um, tell the cafes that they have to uh, sell alcohol-free beer, because the alcohol is the thing. Other than that, a lot of people just go just to, you know, experience you know, the, the, that part of the city and like a lot of people like just go not to buy anything, but they, they just want to see the ladies in the windows and just to have the experience of walking down. Also a lot of people, because soft drugs in, in the Netherlands is legal, come for, to visit the coffee shops, yeah, smoke a joint. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the other thing is like, I, I notice, I mean, there's, there's signs everywhere not to take pictures, of course, and that should be common sense for everybody but there's still those types of people that will try to do that. I'm wondering like what happens when somebody takes a picture of the Rutley district when they're not supposed to? Usually not very much. Mm -hmm. If there is an, uh, a policeman or an assistant policeman, they will tell you, you, you shouldn't do that or delete the picture, mm -hmm. um, but usually not very much. Okay, that's good. And the thing is, it's not, Taking a picture is officially not illegal. It becomes illegal when the picture is published oh. without the consent of the people that's in the picture. Okay. But by then it's too late, you know. And sometimes people don't even do it on purpose. You take a picture of your friend, you know, smiling on the bridge. And in the background there will be a lady in the window and some her relatives back home in Brazil or Romania will recognize her. Mm -hmm. That's that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because again, it, it goes back to the safety and stuff. Like, yeah. So if you take a picture, you need to be very careful and and only take pictures when you can be sure that there will no be there will not be ladies, you know, visible in the picture mm -hmm. because it may actually harm them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you need to be aware of that. I was going to ask you, it's a little bit off topic, or not off topic, still about the red light district, but I was wondering, um, I remember when I was at PIC last year, uh, they, somebody said that there might be, like there's some LGBTQ spaces within the red light district, and I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about that. Well, basically... Anyone is allowed to rent a room, whether they are female or male or anything in between. Mm. That's not the point. Mm. Um, so, but in the red light district, and that's, I think it's because it's history, culturally, it used to be the neighborhood for the sailors. You will find mostly women. You will only find, also find transgender women, but mm. they are women as well. Uh, and there is one street where you are, you have a chance to find the women who still have their penis. Okay. But apart from, but, and that's a sort of, I think it's a sort of protection. Um, because when a client thinks, oh, that's one beautiful woman and he finds out she has penis, he can bet, you know, he can get nasty and towards her so that's a sort of protection from both ways but in the other in the, in the rest of the districts anyone who wants to hire a room is 21 etc etc is allowed to hire a room and it's not like we have the Thai uh, area or the Romanian area or the 
South Latin American area. It's nothing like that. Okay. You can hire any room you like. Yeah. And then you, again, like you said earlier, like you build your own rules and if you don't want to see certain people, you would just say no um, and not let them in. <laughs> Um, exactly when 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 a client wants and they are too drunk or they are too stoned or have smoked you don't allow them in mm. because it means only trouble and that's completely your own decision nobody's telling you you haven't had enough clients today so you should accept this client no it's your own decision yeah for sure and you decide how much you charge them mm. there is not sort of there's not an uh a menu but there's a sort of unwritten agreement that the minimum charge is about 50 euros and that's for sex or a blowjob mm -hmm. um, so the client says I want a blowjob and she says that's okay that's 50 euros and he pays and they go in she closes the window she will wash his genitals mm -hmm. and put on the condom herself and then uh, action starts now the client might say I want you to take off your top mm -hmm. and she will say that's 30 euros extra oh, okay. okay I want to touch your breast and I want to touch your body that's 30 euros extra mm -hmm. that's how it works okay but say for like one so say for blowjobs let's just use that as an example um do, do you set your own prices on certain activities certain activities exactly okay so it could be 50 yeah it'd be 300 well who would do 300 euros but <laughs> so you set your own price basically yeah okay that's great yeah because they are all independent entrepreneurs when you hire the room it is your shop for the day mm -hmm. and nobody else is telling you what to do you yeah. can close the curtains and read the newspaper Mm -hmm. nobody else would well nobody would do that but it would be possible as long as you pay the rent yeah and then you're completely free to do as you please and the rent is fixed 80 euros for a day shift for a day and then is it more expensive at night i was reading that um before that it was more expensive on certain days and then on, at night time yes for a day shift that's from 10 till five or six mm -hmm. uh um PM that would be um, 80 euros and for the night shifts, uh, 8 uh, p.m. until 4 or 5 a.m., 180 euros approximately. But again, you don't have to remain for the full hours. Mm -hmm. When it's midnight and you think, I've made enough money, you can close up and go home because you are not employed. Mm -hmm. You are your own awesome. business person. Yeah. Um, I think now I want to ask more about pick um so i know you guys have some online lectures going on right now i just want to like be able to share like oh what those what people would might expect with that and how we could contribute to pick well we do have some online lectures actually every tuesday uh, i'm not sure about the hours but i think it's somewhere in the late afternoon or early evening you can also ask questions we usually have tours and lectures but due to corona mm. uh, we cannot have 20 people in our you know place anymore because it's not big enough for that so you have to make an appointment but it's it's possible to make an appointment and have a talk with the sex worker and also at pic now that we have a team we have sex workers that work in many different uh, types of work so it's if you say i want to talk with 
a person who works in the window, who works in the window, you can make an appointment. Or if you say, I want to have a talk with a person that works with disabled people or who organizes gangbangs, you can make an appointment. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that last thing was an option. And yeah. What does that usually consist of? Is it like about their experiences or just that part of sex work in the Netherlands? Like, Well, it depends on what the person wants to know. Okay. Um, it, it, it's sort of like a Q&A. So you can ask questions, and um, well, I've known from the, the tours I did and the lectures I did, some some people ask the most interesting questions that I could. So it's a sort of Q&A, and people also want to know, uh, and what do you do when a client is not attractive? That's completely unimportant. Um, That's uh, I would ask, actually. Things like that. Huh? That's something I would ask. I could see myself asking something like that. That's funny. Um, <laughs> well, my old my oldest client is 94. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's not attractive. He's cute. He's funny. And he's sweet, you know. But he's not attractive. But that's not the point. I go there to give him a good time, you know, because that's my job. Yeah. It's not like your personal relationships um, where it would make... No, of course. No, no, no. No, it's quite different. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty interesting. I I bet some people might ask personal questions on these Q&As. Yeah, I bet somebody would, like, ask... uh, There would always probably be that one person who would ask uh, really personal questions. Um, Has ever gotten, gotten like that for you? And that's... That's the great thing about the PIC because most of the people who work there are sex workers. Yeah. Yeah. So you you can ask them and they're the real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll be like straight up and honest most of the time, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was just wondering uh, as well if you have any resources. You know, uh, what are some other places that we could trust in the Red Light District when it comes to information and stuff or other resources? Well, the PIC is the Prostitution Information Center. But other, other than actually information things, mm-hmm. um, there aren't so many in the red light district. Okay. But there are cinemas and, and, and shows and porn shows and people are standing outside. And you can ask them what's going on inside and they will tell you. We also have an... Um, a union, a sex workers union that's called Proud, and they represent the sex workers community and they have a legal team that can help the community as a whole, but also individual persons. And uh, they are a good resource if you want to know something. Yeah, because I only knew about uh, PIC. I, I knew there's like museums on the Relay District. Um, I've been to one, um, but as for like information and stuff, it, and like workshops, um, I'm sure there are plenty. If somebody was starting out sex work, would you have any advice to give? If somebody wants to work as a sex worker, yeah. well, I uh, advise you go to a country where it's legal and don't do anything you do not want to do. And that's another reason why you should go to some place where it's legal, because if a client wants you to do something, for example, he wants you to have sex without a condom and you don't want that and they can get nasty, you can call the police and they will take away the client and not arrest you for being a sex worker. So that's why we campaign for the New Zealand model. Make it legal and also completely decriminalize it. No additional rules like you can't work from your house or you need to have a license, or you need to have this, and you can't have a person living from your... Just have the sex workers who pay tax have the same rights as any anybody else. 
the more you suppress it, the more danger it gets for the sex workers. Legalize it because it's going to be there anyway. Yeah. If you say sex work is illegal, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's going to be under the table and people are going to fight it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And again, it'll make it more dangerous, of course. Um, of course. And I was wondering, because you guys are, like, it's a nonprofit, right? And that pretty much Ex yeah. with, like, lectures and um, the tours and all that stuff? We're completely nonprofit, so we earn our money with lectures and tours, etc. We want to remain independent. Mm. So if you do want to make a donation, we would be absolutely delighted. Yeah, yeah. I, you can I, find I, the information on the website. Yeah, I'm going to try to do that. And um, yeah, I was thinking of sitting in one of your lectures as well, but I have to check with my work schedule. But I'll definitely be interested in doing that as well. Uh, yeah, I know for a fact that there, there are lectures on Tuesday hmm. and maybe on other days as well, but I'm not sure about that or that's probably still in, in the making. But there is lectures on Tuesday, so uh, anyway. Yeah, I'll I, We'll probably attend one, uh, most likely. You will. I think you will find information on the website. You gave me a lot of good um, information, a lot of things that I didn't know, um, especially with the word prostitution itself and how it's not as a derogatory word over there. Um, I'm no, it's not. No, no. And you know, it was it was established uh, 26 years ago. Hmm. And at that time, I believe the term sex worker wasn't even invented. Oh. So it's Prostitution Information Center. And we're known as that, mm -hmm. BIC. So we keep the name. And again, prostitution is not a bad word over here. It's only people that make it seem like it's bad when people give it meaning. And uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you again. I'm going to be in touch with you. Um, I think it's... I still think it's amazing. You're in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm in Amsterdam, Holland. Mm -hmm. And we can <laughs> Yeah, we could connect like this. I miss yeah. so much over there though. I, I like hope to move back one day. I just love it. <laughs> yeah, well you're you're very welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that is it for the awesome interview with Charlotte from PIC in Amsterdam. I hope you all enjoyed it. And yes, I do say that a lot, but I really hope so. So I could keep finding amazing people to interview for you. Again, if you have any questions or comments or recommendations, you can email me at melissa at mtalks.co or you could DM me on Instagram, which is mtalks.co. And if you would like to support me, you could find details of my PayPal on my link tree or on my Instagram and I will soon be coming out with a website so stay tuned for that. I hope to become a great resource for everybody when it comes to sex and sex talks and sexuality, everything related to it. Until next time, I'll see you later.